welcome to Seat Works, a podcast produced by the curriculum and training team at the Center on Education and Training for Employment, a translational research center on Ohio State's campus. We work where research meets reality. I'm your host, Farah Allen, a program coordinator at the center. This podcast series will focus on the various approaches and supports that our center offers to educators of all learners. How do educators engage, nurture, and support their learners? Listen in on these discussions that highlight how educators can connect with and understand their learners. At SEAT, we believe that everyone deserves to experience lifelong learning. To learn more about our work, you can visit our website, seat.osu.edu. In this episode, I'll be talking with Dr. Anna Paula Correa, the Director of the Center on Education and Training for Employment. With more than 25 years of experience in learning design and instructional systems technology, Dr. Correa has a special focus on distance education and online and mobile learning. She has published over 90 journal articles and book chapters in three different languages, English, Portuguese, and Spanish. As a professor of learning technologies in the Department of Educational Studies at The Ohio State University, she leads the Learning and Experience Design Research Group, which is dedicated to investigating learning design processes. This episode spotlights the connection between online learning and teaching, as Dr. Correa shares her commitment to the promise of learning technologies. Hello, Dr. Correa. Welcome to SeatWorks Podcast. I'm honored to have you join us today, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you and learning more about your work. Can you start us off by explaining how you got involved in online learning and teaching? I thank you, Farah, for hosting me today. And I want to start by uh, sharing with you and with the audience uh, what did get me involved in online learning and teaching. I've been involved with online uh, learning and teaching for more than 20 years now as a student, as online student or learner, as an online teacher, as an online designer that created online learning experiences, and also as a researcher on this topic. Mm -hmm. So what excited me in the beginning was the promise that online learning was about learning anywhere meaning anywhere in the world, anytime, it means 3 a.m., 3 p.m., whenever you have time to devote to learning. And I'm adding one more thing, and you can learn anything. There was the excitement of online learning that really drew me into the field. The fact that you can learn anything. Right now, there's so much content developed and available online. If you want to learn how to build a table or how to make a gourmet meal, you can learn. You have the ability to do it yourself. And that was, the promise was so exciting and so enticing. So I got really into this field and and dive deeply. Thank you for explaining that in such a passionate and compelling way, especially because the internet touches most of our lives in multiple capacities. You mentioned the promise of online learning as exciting and enticing. 
What makes that promise successful for online educators and learners? You know, I could cite authors and research and existing uh, studies, but I really want to keep this conversation based on my experience, which is an accumulation of all the things I share with you, being online teacher, being online learner, designing online experience and researching. It's about a relationship between the instructor, the learning or the learner and the content. If, and it should be a win-win to all of these components. Of course, the content just, you know, it's, it's not person. So let's just focus on the teacher and the student. Successful online learning to me is when the teacher is happy being a teacher teaching online and the student is happy being a student learning online. And the happy, how am I going to define happy? Happy meaning I'm achieving my goals. If I'm a student, online student, and I work um, full time and I'm doing this online degree after hours, I want to be respected as a, already a professional in a specific area. And mm-hmm. I want my instructor to treat me as a professional. So meaning mm-hmm. listen to my ideas, leverage what I already know and respect me as a student. At the same time, I want to achieve my goals, that is to be getting this online degree on whatever topic you pick to pursue. And that is the goal that is going to drive me when I'm tired after work or when I feel demotivated because I don't get feedback on a timely manner from my instructor. So on the instructor side, I want to be happy to, and I'm going to speak as online instructor, by seeing my students progressing. And also I'm happy because I'm meeting a need and they came to me to learn more about a specific topic. I also am happy because I can make adjustments to my teaching because of the flexibility that online learning offers to make my students' needs or my learners' needs. And most of them, based on my experience, are uh, adult learners or uh, part-time students and they need to be respected for what they bring to the table, that is their existing knowledge and their role as professions in in different fields. That's kind of a win-win relationship. It brings benefits to both sides. That's how I define success. So you've shared what successful online learning and teaching looks like to you. You've highlighted the happiness as an educator and a learner cultivating win-win relationships. Can you give us a deeper look into your own success regarding designing learning and also how you incorporate this into the environment at our own center? At the core of my um, identity as a scholar, I'm Mm -hmm. a learning designer. It means that I create, I plan and create events that help people learn better. You can say, you know, I use the word event, uh, but it could be an experience. You can use the word that you prefer. So I use that expertise on learning design when I create online learning experience. But I also use my expertise on learning design when I came into an organization like the Center on Education Training for Employment. We do go by seat, but I like to spell entire name. 
and look at this organization and see how can we make this more a learning organization? How can we leverage the people, talent, existing talent, and how can we develop further these people into other areas or other interests or even elevate their current talent? So in a way, in my head, things are similar because mm -hmm. I'm coming into an organization I'm trying to help people learn better, learn better about their content, their people that they serve, people that they teach, people that they interact and learn better about themselves, like our um, racial equity, diversity and inclusion movement. Mm -hmm. That is very important. And to the center, not only now that we're going through so many crises, health and racial crises, but always been important but now as a body and as a more a systematic presence in the center. So even grow in this area and we are allowing ourselves to grow in these areas and allowing our associates, our members of the seed community to learn in, and grow in that area is part of being a learning designer and doing my job. I don't know if the connection is made, but this is how I sit in my head. You brought a topic up that continues to resurface, which is building and leveraging talent development. We've touched on that in a few of our previous episodes. When you invest in and elevate the individuals within your organization, there must be valuable benefits. So turning back to you as an online learner, educator, and designer, how would you describe the benefits involved with these roles specifically? I believe the benefit comes from the knowledge and the skill of creating this online. And I'm going to just focus on online learning and teaching because that's the main topic for this conversation today. So when maybe two years ago, maybe a little bit less, when all I had to come home because of the COVID and the fear of contamination, we had to move many of our practices and especially the teaching and the learning into the online environment. I think what is going to motivate or what is going to benefit, the benefits that come from my work is to inform best practice in this space and really make the online learning experience exceptional because it can be done, it have been done and it have been done for a long time. It just became more into people's mind now because we had to move into a virtual and online learning environment. But again, the benefit is to really learn from the experience and really push for to make that experience, that learning experience more exceptional. And I have some principles I share with people when they ask me these questions and they are like, things like put yourself in your learner's shoes, understand their, their limitations as well as these constraints from their life and adjust accordingly. There's nothing to do with lowering the quality of your teaching. People get very confused about what quality means. For me, quality means achieving your goals. If the ultimate goal is happiness, and I know we've been talking a lot about happiness in a conversation about online learning and teaching, but I think it's important. If your goal is happiness, then you have to understand that 
you know, people have different perceptions of happiness and you have to understand what your learners or your students needs are and adjust accordingly. So what matters to extend a deadline? It really does not impact the quality of your teaching or the actually is going to impact positively the quality of your student work because now they are going to have more time to devote to the assignment or to the project. So some things are not flexible for no reason and they really don't impact the quality on a positive way. On the contrary, they will impact lack of flexibility, will impact the quality of the online learning experience on the negative side. I have more things I could talk about how to um, make the online learning experience exceptional, but this is just a start. I like how you refer to happiness as the goal in learning and teaching and making the online learning experience exceptional. So what continues to spark your motivation and, and keep you invested in virtual environments? I think it's still the promise, the initial promise of learning anywhere, anything, anytime, especially the anytime. Let's just talk about uh, learning anytime at your own pace. Uh, again, with the COVID crisis that we are currently experiencing, uh, there was that sense of, okay, we're all going to move to the virtual and we all have to meet in front of a laptop on a certain time, you know, in our homes or, you know, wherever we are right now. And then it just really jeopardized. It kind of destroyed the promise of online learning to learn at any time. And I want to go back to that promise. I want to make the learning more flexible. Why do we have all to run into Zoom on a very difficult, on an impossible attempt to mimic the classroom experience into a virtual environment? It's not possible because the affordances of the virtual environment of the laptop and the camera and the mics is very different from the affordance of a physical space. There's no replication possible. You just have to embrace the different affordances of each environment. So um, I know the question was a little bit different. I guess what motivates me is still the initial promise and help to reach that promise. And right now with so many real-time events learning events that we're pushing down to people, including our students, I think it's a disservice to the promise of online learning. Dr. Correa, when you talk about the promise of online learning, that itself can be inspirational. So how do you find that you inspire others in your work and even in your learning? I don't think it's inspirational. I think it's just doing our job. It's having that pride of doing a good job and really align with the mission that is, as my mission as teacher is to help people learn better. For me, the motivation is the love I have for my profession. Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing a good job, that's where I get excited. Of course, that saying like, do your job well, it seems like really no brainer, but I think it's important, especially in today's world that we question our passion, our work, and we really have that sense if we're learning something from the pandemic is that we, we have a very 
clear perspective that life is short and we don't want to waste our time doing things that we don't love. If you love your job, you have that fulfillment that comes off doing a good job. If you don't, please don't waste your time. Just look for a passion. Look for another job because that feeling of doing your job is worthwhile to pursue. And again, I'm talking about happiness again. And that's it. So maybe during a time that was really challenging for many of us, and we're talking about the pandemic, um, we're, we're a learning organization at the Center on Education and Training for Employment, and we're a learning culture. So I'm going to turn the table on you just a bit and ask if you can share with us if there was any professional development that you participated in during the pandemic um, and what your biggest takeaway was from that, or how did you grow from that experience? So I think the professional development that I've been participating most recently is self-reflection about the nature of work, about the pursuit of happiness, about the mission of my role as director of SEAT, and things like that. I cannot say I went to this workshop that went uh, happened on this date, during this time, and it was about this topic. No, I'm constantly thinking about to respond to the times we're living the best way I can and to make the most positive impact. I think uh, one aspect of me is my love for cooking. So I was able to, I know many people devote uh, some time to improve their cooking skills during the lockdown. Not so much right now, um, but during the lockdown, I really wanted to learn more about cooking and some techniques. So that's kind of what uh, my improvement or my knowledge gain went on cooking and combining ingredients to um, elevate your palate. And I think cooking is like teaching in a way, it's a performance and it takes too many ingredients and many sophisticated process to lead to a, a, a great result. So that kind of is my linkage to my profession uh, as I pursue a hobby. I have several hobbies myself, and cooking a gourmet meal is not one of them, but maybe one that I should pursue to become better at. Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate looking into what got you involved in online teaching and designing and taking us deeper into the importance of being happy with what we're doing and meeting learners where they are. You're very welcome. Invite me anytime. On behalf of the curriculum and training team at the Center on Education and Training for Employment, we'd like to thank our guests today. If you would like more information on this topic, please contact us at go.osu.edu forward slash Ohio State for work. We would be happy to hear from you and share more information about our services and our work. Follow us on Twitter at Ohio State for work. See our description for details. Thank you for listening to Seat Works. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be well and bye for now.